Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Talkin' Talkies. Season 2, Episode 5. Well, it is Episode 5 of Season 2, but it's also Episode 57 overall. Oh, that's my number. I should have paid attention. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I am Chris O'Mealy. This is Dan Peck. Uh, greetings and salutations again. It's time. Yes. Uh, this is Talking Talkies, and, uh, well, uh, we did a silent movie called Silent Movie, so Big Whoop, want to fight about it? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're going to talk about not a talkie this week. Nope. <laughs> Definitively not a talkie. And I'd like to welcome you all to the second annual, and also final, Mel Brooksuary. Oh, yeah. Where we t- where we do Mel Brooks movies the entire month of February, except we did it last year and now we're doing it again this year. And then we were like, uh, <laughs> there aren't any more Mel Brooks movies. I actually want to go out of my way to watch. So we're like, OK, so this will be it. Maybe <coughs> we'll do more in the future, especially Maybe? if he does anything new. But mayhaps right now, eh, we'll just kind of play it by ear. Speaking of things by ear. Let's talk about silent movie, where there is a lot of silence. In fact, when the movie starts, there's so much silence that I thought there was something wrong with the copy I owned. And I was like, oh, crap. Is there really no sound, or what's the deal? And then the credits start, and there's sound, and I'm like, oh, I get it. Silence. Okay. It's golden. Yes. So here's the, the basic plot of the movie. Mel Brooks. It's meta. Yeah. Mel Brooks is Mel Fun, and he's this great film director, and he's got his partners and his buddies. He's making his comeback after alcoholism. Yes. Marty Eggs, played by Marty Feldman, and Dom Bell, played by Dom DeLuise. And they're cruising Hollywood in their little yellow convertible, old-timey car. They see a woman on the sidewalk, and they're going to give her a lift because she's very, very pregnant. Played by Dom DeLuise's IRL wife. And when she gets in, she basically tips the car backwards. And it's funny. It's like, yep, it's slapstick because it's a silent movie. So they're going to go do all the throwbacks to the silent movie do slapstick. all the sight gags that we can't really do much on a podcast. Right. And here's the thing, guys. If, if you're doing the gimmick with us, which is that you watch the movie too, and then you listen to us review it, you've already seen it and you understand why this is probably going to be a short episode. Uh, if you haven't watched it yet, I, I don't understand what you're doing. But why in any you, case, why are you even here? OK, so they are traveling to Big Picture Studios, which is where all the big pictures happen. In fact, if it's a big picture, it was filmed here. That's their tagline. And they are going to sell their script to the chief. And he's going to save the studio because they are trying to get... Yes, Sid Caesar is the chief. Because they're trying to be taken over by the literal rabid and greedy conglomerate known as Engulf and Devour. Literally, the guy foams at his mouth when he hears bad news. (laughs) Yes, literally. And how is he going to save this picture studio? Easy, with a silent movie. So he's like, nope, that's not happening. But if I get... All the top stars. Well, maybe. Okay, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the part how when he, before he goes in, 
they uh, they all they wish him luck so they all just continuously embrace and then it looks like they're making out and the woman walks by and she's just like fags <laughs> oh and then there's the the crossing the fingers for luck and then they can't get the cro- the fingers uncrossed or yeah. whatever so they shake someone's hand and then their fingers it get crossed transfers the finger finger crossing and it gets stuck on the executive's assistant <laughs> And I love all the sound effects they throw in for all this stuff happening. <clears throat> so the first movie star they're going to try to recruit is Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. But how do we know where Burt Reynolds lives? Well, it has his name in big letters and his picture on the front of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's giant letters say Burt Reynolds' house and a giant picture in like the front window. But they get denied at the door by the butler. So Tom's like, I'll put my foot in the door, and he just ends up twisting his foot up. (laughs) So they try to sneak in instead. (laughs) By hopping the wall. Yeah, it's like the smallest possible wall that they hop. (laughs) But Tom Tom gets stuck anyway. (laughs) Because he's fat. Fat. Scott Steiner would say. And so we actually see Burt Reynolds in the shower. And then all of a sudden, all these other hands show up and start soaping him up. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of creepy for a while. Especially because he doesn't initially react to it. It's just like, oh, all right, well, so I'm getting soaped. But uh, it things don't really go too well with him. So, <laughs> so they, the classic three kids stacked up to make an, one adult but they're three grown men, so they're like 15 feet tall. <laughs> and then they, they he hits his head, and they just trip down the hill. And there's when, when they first pulled up to the house, there's a steamroller in the background. And I'm thinking, how is that going to come into play? What's the significance of the steamroller? Because it like rolls over their costume, but because there's only two of them and the whole thing is stretched out, he doesn't actually hurt anybody. And that's when Bert decides he'll do the movie. <laughs> yes. I'll then do they, it. I'll do it. Then they go to recruit James Khan. He's like at like a boxing movie or something. He's practicing. So he's like, oh, we'll come into my trailer. We'll have lunch. But one of the springs is broken. So the thing wobbles back and forth every time the weight shifts. <laughs> Which is as much as a, a piece of melon will do that. <laughs> well, they make Dom sit on one side of the table by himself. Yeah. And when they go to eat the melon balls, he takes five and... And that screws up the weight again. And that just screws up the weight. They even have to put down their their toothpicks at the same time when they're done with them. <laughs> uh, and then they get stuck on the one side, and then the lady shows up again to call them fags. Yeah, because it looks like they're having sex. So uh, their their next recruit is going to be Liza Minnelli. I love, and in between all these, there's these little scenes going on of them going oh, yeah, down. Yeah. Like, there's the one where there's the acupuncturist, and the guy walks out with all the needles in his back still. They go by the uh, the, the spicy food. The, the Szechuan like, Palace. Or Szechuan whatever. Palace, and everybody's got steam coming from them. Everyone's got steam coming from them. <laughs> or when they're eating, Dom's like, I want a pie. And so they, he's eating pie. the pie in the car, and the, they hit a bump, and the pie flies out the back. And then a cop on a bike pulls up with blueberry all over his face and makes him pull over. Yeah. Uh, the slapstick is great. I think my favorite one, though, are the German Shepherds. 
Oh, the ones that get the mixed owners. Yeah. He's like, I have to go to the. He's like, Dom's got to go number one. So they pull over to just this random men's room that's like in a park, but on the side of the road. Super convenient. Of so the blind guy asks him to watch his dog. And then the other guy asks him to watch his dog, and they get switched. And then that will. I'll talk about my, my other favorite one in a little bit. But uh, so they're like, we're going to get Liza Minnelli, but she's in the, she's in the commissary. She's in the commissary. So how are we going to get to her? The guy rolls by with the night costumes. <laughs> so they have like the big awkward scene of them trying to sit down in these awkward, bulky costumes. And the whole scene goes on for so long that you start paying attention to just what one person's doing and you miss what's happening in the background entirely. But uh, it, they didn't have to go through all that trouble because when she finds out who they are, she's like, oh, my God, you're Mel Fun. I want to be in your movie. Oh, and also in between all these people getting in the movie is the is the male. <laughs> I, mean, I keep on saying I keep on wanting to say male is the uh, newspaper guy oh, and, yeah. and the Chronicle like, truck comes up and they just chuck it at him and he falls over every time. And then there's the one where it's the Sunday edition. And so they, like, put it right through his butt. And every time there's, like, there's a headline about him, like, it just hit him, and it zooms in on the headlines. It's like, paper paper dealer gets injured by a stack of newspapers. Um, they, they, they're going after Anne Bancroft next, and she goes to this nightclub, which is hilarious because they do the whole spoof of, like, how celebrities get treated when they go out somewhere. So, like, the maitre d' is, like, kissing her feet. Everybody's applauding her when she gets to her table. But So they need to get in and get disguises. So they have the, uh, the flamenco dancers as, like, the cardboard cutout. So they cut out their heads and put their own faces in there. And they write new over their name. <laughs> yes. So then they do, like, this hilarious dance routine that ends up winning her. <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's Mel Fun and, and his friends. I bet you they're going to want to, they're going to ask me to be in their stupid movie. Right. Um, after they do, they get Anne Bancroft, they find out that the chief is in the hospital. So they, they go there to visit him. And they have another slapstick gag there. Oh, and Marty Feldman gets stuck behind. Oh my god, that the nurses in the elevator? Oh yeah, the elevator that could hold like five people has like 50 people in it. <laughs> they all just keep piling out, and he finally gets in with the attractive nurse, and when he gets off, he's rubbing his cheek because he got slapped. I look, it's like at the club, he, he was going to dance with the one girl, and he's like, would you like to dance with a mild-mannered pervert or something like that? <laughs> yeah, and then he gets blocked. Like physically by the rest of the people dancing. Yeah. Well, that's the uh, that's what's funny about it is the whole the whole side gag with with Marty is that every time he's about to get lucky with the girl, something happens and prevents it. But they're at the hospital and they end up calling the famous the famous mime in France, Marcel Marceau. And he does like the whole mime routine when he walks into the room because the wind is because the window is open and the wind is blowing really hard. And then when he answers the phone, they're like, will you be in our new silent movie? And the only word that is actually audible in the entire movie. He goes, none. And they're like, well, what do you say? I don't know. I don't speak French. 
<laughs> and I love that that's the only actual word comes from the famous mime. <laughs> well, that just goes to prove the genius of uh, Mel Brooks. Like, <laughs> you know, he knows exactly how to get the, the right amount of laughs. So while they're at the hospital, they notice that Paul Newman's there. He's got a broken leg from a motor from from a car race scene from a movie he was doing. Yeah, because they're like, look at that race car; it's all wrecked. They're like, oh my god, it's Paul Newman. So they pursue him in electric wheelchairs, which is obviously was like you know taped at regular speed, but like spun up to like four times speed, <laughs> which makes it so much funnier. <laughs> And they go around, and at the end, they stop, and then Paul Newman realizes it's them. And he's like, hey, I want to be in your movie. And, and they're, they're just, just like, like, eh, we'll call your people. <laughs> but then the next the next newspaper is the one that inks it. I think that's the Sunday one, too. <laughs> All right. So I got to talk about my favorite other sight gag before we get back to the plot. And that's when they randomly pull up at the Coke machine. Oh, because he's thirsty. Get a Coke. He's thirsty. So he goes out and he, like, this is 1976, so it might only even be a nickel. And he puts in his coin to get a Coke, and the Coke flies out. So he blocks blocks it for the second one, but it flies out the side of the machine. So he blocks the side and the front, and it flies out the other side of the machine. So finally, he blocks both sides and then the front with his crotch. And he gets coked. In the crotch. Gets He's coke. got coke in the crotch. <laughs> you know what? If you were if you were alive before uh, cars had cup holders, you know coke in the crotch. Yeah, that, live that life, brother. Oh yeah, coke in the crotch I, I, life. I've done the the no cup holder life. No cup holders, bro. And then they like ingeniously got ones to put in like on the part of your window. Like the window could still be up and you could fit it in there. Oh yeah, those ones. So, uh, so back to the whole plot here. You have engulf and devour, and they're upset that they can't they can't stop the uh, the takeover because they think that fun's going to save it. So they're like, we're going to stop him with sex. So they pull out this huge centerfold of Vilma Kaplan, who's played by Bernadette Peters. And they're like, well, what do you think, gentlemen? And all the guys look at the centerfold, then turn back to, like, think. And you just see the table start to rise. Come with their boners. <laughs> so she's like, I'm going to pretend to be in love with him. And they do all, like, the love scenes and they everything. Pay, they, like, pay her, like, $50,000 yeah. to do this. And but then they find out, you're not really in love with him. But she's like, but while I was doing this, I actually fell in love with him. And it breaks his heart, and so he starts drinking again, and he becomes king of the winos with his humongous bottle. <laughs> giant liquor <laughs> bottle that he finds in the store. It's like an advertising prop, but it's actually genuine, so. He is clearly king of the winos. <laughs> well, first he goes to the Skid Row hotel room, and he's fighting with his bed, and he pulls out the bed next door. And then he ends up being king of the winos. <laughs> they find him the next day. And all the winos are passed out. They're all piled on each other. <laughs> so they're like, all right, we got to get him back with coffee. So they give him like 150 cups of coffee. <laughs> he finally catches up. And if he can walk, he can direct. That's it. So he goes to get. So so now the movie's done. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's the movie. So he goes. Now. He does his movie. It's time for the premiere. But it's been stolen. 
So Vilma's like, I'll distract the audience. You guys go get the movie. So she does like her little like vaudevillain striptease act. And everybody's applauding. Everybody's applauding it. Meanwhile, they do a car chase that goes long into the night. And they end up back at the Coke machine. So to fend off the bad guys. He starts buying Cokes. <laughs> they start being launched like grenades. <laughs> and then one guy dives on one to save another guy. <laughs> oh, it's so freaking funny. And when they, they get back to the Oh, and me, they, they're, they're there wasting time so Marty can rewind the movie around his body. Around his body, yeah. <laughs> then they carry him in and put him in the projection booth. They're like, just in time, because people are starting to get up and leave, and they finally start to play the movie while, Mar- while the film, like, wraps Marty all over the room. And they're like... All right, we're going to see. Is it going to be a hit or is it going to be a flop? And as soon as it ends, everybody gets this, goes into massive applause and they start launching balloons and streamers. And there's acrobats in the ceiling. <laughs> in the ceiling. And then Mel's just like, I think they like it. <laughs> and they do this big dance number as everyone walks out of the theater. Yeah. Everybody's saluting. Four by in groups of four on each side. God. Uh, silent movie is absolutely terrific and hilarious. So here's some trivia for the movie. We already talked about how Marcel Marceau has the only speaking movie or speaking line. As a result, this movie was listed in the Guinness Book of World Records as having the fewest spoken lines of any sound movie. So good job there. And Gulf and Devour is actually a spoof of Gulf and Western, which, between 1965 and 1970, swallowed up 80 different companies, including Paramount Pictures. How did Mel Brooks get all those big stars for the movie? Easy. He paid them under $300 a day. Yes, far below their normal salaries, but they didn't have to learn any lines. And I'm pretty sure they all only took one day each. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they did the scene where they cut to New York City and the orchestra's playing San Francisco and then you just hear the music cut out there they're just like, oh crap, we played the wrong song and they start playing I'll, I'll Take Manhattan instead This is also the first of Mel Brooks' films where he plays the lead role They consider him the lead role in uh, History of the World? Uh, I don't know, actually. I would say so, but... Oh, yeah, and in the sneak preview for the silent movie, there's several posters for Young Frankenstein hanging up. So, yes, that, of course, is Silent Movie. The the first non-talkie that we talked on Talkin' Talkies. And we're probably not going to do any other ones. Yeah. (laughs) Don't be worried. Don't get upset. Don't get all worked up. Jeez, look at you. Get all worked up. Oh, worked up over anything. No wonder Billy Robinson walked. He's like, this All is right. bullshit. Silent movie? Silent movie? So let's go over the schedule for the second annual and also final Mel Brooksuary. Next week, we're going to watch Spaceballs. Spaceballs! After that, we're going to watch Robin Hood Men in Tights. Tight Tights. And then we're going to end with the film that we began with, the remake of The Producers from 2005. The one with the Broadway cast, mostly. Right. Because <clears throat> uh, The Producers itself became a play. So we'll do Spaceballs, Robin Hood, and then The Producers. If we decide to do more Mel Brooks movies in the future, awesome. 
We'll cover them, and you'll see it. But uh, March is kind of full right now. We've got our own personal picks. We got listener requests, and we've got prep movies for stuff coming out in the theater, and we'll talk about that later. In the theater, and uh, so guys, tune in next week for Spaceballs. Until then, I am Chris. That is Dan, and we'll see you next week. Surrounded by assholes.